You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. All right. So, uh, so good to have everybody here. Uh, if you've been with us for the last few weeks, and if not, I'll just catch you up. We've been kind of re-examining um, a verse that God spoke into our hearts way back in the beginning of the year uh, from Isaiah chapter 43. And it was a passage about uh, God wanting to do something new. And so we've kind of been examining that through just what does it look like now? You know, it looked different in January than it does in September. Uh, boy, right? That's, there's, there's been some change, right? There has been some change. And so we wanted to sort of reevaluate and reexamine that. And so if you want to read along, it'll be on the screen as well. And I want to encourage you that as I'm reading this, I want you to listen for, for this. I want you to listen for what God says he has done, is doing, and will do. For the parts that God says he's taking care of. Okay, that's what I want you to listen to. What does God say he's going to do as we read? So Isaiah 43, beginning in verse 15. You read this. It says, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator and King. It says, I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candlewick. Every time I get that, I love that smoldering. It's so poetic, smoldering candlewick. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and the owls too, for giving them water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. I have made Israel for myself, and they will someday honor me before the whole world. All right, so did you catch that? Lots of I statements in there about what God's going to do. So it's kind of summarized. God says this. He says, hey, listen, I created Israel. I served as their king. I opened a way through the water. I made a dry path out of, you know, underneath that wet ground. I called Egypt's army. I defeated Egypt's army. I am doing something new and greater. I've already begun it. I am making a way through the wilderness. I am making rivers in the wasteland. I will refresh you. That's a lot of stuff that God says he's going to do. We agree on that, right? That's a lot of stuff in the future. I'm doing a lot of stuff. Okay. So now let me ask you, what do you think the people should do? He says, first of all, you should remember what I've done. And he says, now forget all that. <laughs> Your job is to remember, be thankful. Now forget all that. Stop looking back. Look for something new. Keep walking through the wilderness and wasteland. And know that one day they're going to give honor to the whole world. Okay, God says, I'm going to do all this stuff, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to remember what I did. Forget all that. Keep looking and keep walking. That's, that's your part. So let me ask you, who has the harder job? Like, seems, you know, basically God says, hey, listen, I'm going to do all of this. You just uh, remember it, but then forget it and keep walking. Clearly, God has the hard work. And that's pretty cool, right? Isn't it awesome how God does so much for us? Like, I think it's really encouraging. It's one of those things like, man, that's like a, like, we don't have to make rivers in the wasteland. We don't have to you know, try and find paths through wilderness. We don't have to call out armies. We don't have to defeat things. We, we just have to 
remember, forget, um, look for what he's doing, and keep walking. That's all we have to do. And I think it's pretty cool. It takes all the pressure off. But the more I looked at this passage, I noticed something that I hadn't seen before. And I just want to pause and just say for a minute, this is why we need to keep reading the Bible. I don't care how many times you've read the Word of God. It constantly speaks in new ways. We've been reading this verse all year long. I don't know how many times I've read Isaiah 43. It's like on my screensaver. It's hanging on the wall. Like it's everywhere constantly for the last nine months. Okay, constantly. And this week I saw something I've never seen before. Because the Word of God is living and active. Okay, and here's what I just want to, here's what I want to just communicate that I saw. God reminded the people what he had done. And then he told them what he was doing and what he was going to do. And it just hit me. Why did he do that? Why did he tell the people what he was going to do? Like, couldn't he have just done it? He didn't have to tell anybody. He could have just done something new. He could have just made rivers. He didn't have to point out this is what I'm going to do. Why did God tell us this is what I'm going to do? Just thinking about that. He could have just done it. Why take the time to tell people ahead of time what he's going to do? And here's one reason. I was thinking, one reason. Because then hearing it and then seeing it builds faith. Agreed? Like, when, when somebody makes you a promise and then they come through on it, it's like, all right, that's, you know, Joe Namath. Anybody remember Joe Namath? Some of the old football, you know, made the, right, the promise, right? It's, it's the classic, right, the left, the Babe Ruth. Right? It's the promise. It's, this is what I'm going to do. And then they do it, and it's like, oh, that's impressive. Right? When someone tells you what they're going to do, and then they do it, you're like, okay, I can trust you. But what if there's more? What if that's not the only reason God told them, this is what I'm going to do? That's that I'm going to do this, and it's not just to show you who I am. What if there's more? What if God told them ahead of time what he was going to do? Because he wanted the people to do it with him, to participate, to be part of it. Have you ever been around someone who does everything themselves? Some of you may be related to, married to, uh, work with people like this. You know, you got like school partners or a project, a group project, right? This is a group project. There are five of us, right? And somebody does all the work for the rest of the group, right? They just take over. Some of you are thankful for that person. Some of you are that person. Uh, you know which one you are. You know where you are on that, uh, on, that, uh, on that line. It's the same stuff at work, right? You're supposed to be doing things and somebody just takes over. They just, they just want all the credit. Right? They're always trying to do things for somebody else's job. They just can't work with other people. It's tough when it's your boss especially. Uh, things you're supposed to be doing, but they do it all. I, I play basketball sometimes. I haven't played in a very long time. It's so sad. I miss it. Anybody else miss playing things like with people? Like, I seriously, yeah, because I see you, buddy. Come on. You know what? I love playing basketball, but I hate playing basketball with Hall of Famers. And it's amazing how many of them there are at the high school in Robinsville. <laughs> they don't pass the ball. Actually, Robinsville's a lot of great guys that play Robinsville. It's not, it's not bad. But I play basketball with some people that they just, if, if you didn't know any better, you'd think they, they were the best basketball players in the world because they don't need anybody else. They don't need to pass. They don't need anybody else to do anything. They know everything. They can coach. They can 
they can play, they can tell everybody else what they did wrong. It's, it's really amazing. I might as well just be sitting on the bench. Like, why am I here? And you know what that feels like, whether it's at home or at work or in school or anywhere else. You know what it's like to be around people who take over, who absolutely take over. And the reality is it can, be, it can be frustrating. It can feel like a waste of your time. And at the end of the day, you're like, why am I even here? So let's think about this. Now, if God says, this is everything that I'm going to do, now I just want you to sit don't do anything. Just sit in the couch. I got it. Anybody play euchre? You know, card game? I don't know if you play card game. Yeah, Kevin does, right? So some of you. And there's a phrase. You play in partners, and there's a phrase where you can tell your partner, you can say, stay home. I got this. I don't even need you to play this with this hand. I've got such good cards, you don't have a chance. Stay home. And if God were to tell us, stay home, on one hand, some of us would be like, this is great. I don't have to do anything. And on the other hand, you're like, well, why am I even here? What's the point? Why are we here if God is going to do everything? And the more I thought about it, I couldn't escape thinking that God tells us what he's going to do because that's an invitation to us to participate with him in what he's doing. He tells us in advance. Yes, it builds our faith, our faith but it also gives us power and significance and responsibility. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us that we are God's ambassadors. He says, I'm giving you the message to take and go. We are the ambassadors for God. We represent him. It's his mission, but we take that message. We have a responsibility in this. Then right next, next, next chapter, 2 Corinthians 6, calls us his co-workers, his co-laborers. That word comes, the Greek word, synergeo, which means synergy. You know the word synergy? It's when you work together, when people work together, there's more power. Right? When we collaborate. God could have done it by himself, yet he chooses to invite us to participate with him in this mission to love every single person on the planet, to let them know of his great love. God invites us to participate with him in this great mission. So going back, Isaiah, God speaks to children, this is what I'm going to do, and he's inviting them, perhaps, to participate. So the question is this, how do we participate in what God's doing? Because last I checked, I don't know about you, but last I checked, I can't create a nation. Um, I'm not even the king of the remote control in my own house. I, I, I can open a way through water when I do a cannonball, but it closes very quickly on top of it. Um, I've failed the making dry paths out of riverbanks, of course, in Bible college. I don't know if Gary, if you did better, Gary, you know, if you got that one. Um, if I called an enemy army, they wouldn't answer. Um, I get lost in the mall, let alone the wilderness. The last river I created stopped when I turned the hose off. Um, we can't do what God can do. So when God says participate, he's not looking for help doing his stuff. So what is God asking us to do when he's telling us what he's going to do? What is he inviting us to participate in? How do we do that? Now, I'm going to ask you to hear me out because I'm going to give you my thoughts. And when, when I say this thing, you may be tempted to say, oh, that's all right now. I've heard this before. I thought he was going to say something cool and something innovative and something different and something exciting. And you're going to be like, I've heard this before, and you might tune me out. And I'm going to just 
Please don't do that. Because I believe God has something new he wants to plant in your soul related to this thing that may be familiar. And I challenge you to listen to what I'm about to share with an open heart. It's up to you. I mean, if you, you're here, so you might as well listen. I'm compelled to share that perhaps the most powerful and influential way that we can participate in the work of God is through prayer. Right? Do you feel it? You feel that temptation right there just to be like, I've heard this. Oh, goodness. Don't give in. Don't buckle. Please, stay with me. Stick with me here. I think many of us have a fundamental misunderstanding when it comes to prayer. That if corrected, can make all the difference. So if, if, if when I said prayer, you were like, oh, listen to this for a moment. Prayer is how we participate in what God is doing. Hear those words. Prayer is how we participate in what God is doing. And sometimes, we approach prayer as if we're inviting God to participate in what we're doing. It's different. Prayer is participating with God in what He's doing. I think sometimes we go to prayer expecting that we're inviting God to participate in what I'm doing. Hey God, this is what I want, so I want, I know I'm supposed to pray because I'm a, this is, so God, can you get me this job? God, can you do this thing for me? God, can you make it, because this is what I want, this is where I'm going, God, I'm going to ask you to, to participate in my life. And it should go all right because I prayed and I asked you and I'm inviting God, and listen, we can do that, we can, and, but you can see that that's significantly different than God inviting us to participate in what He's doing. I believe that the reason God tells us in advance what he's going to do, when he tells us things like, I'm going to do something new, I'm going to create rivers, right, in, in, in the dry wasteland, I'm going to create pathways through the wilderness, is because God is inviting us into what he's doing. And we can participate in that. When Jesus taught us to pray, Lord's Prayer, something probably most of us have heard before, some of you probably have memorized, and one line in particular stands out, because like it's our Father, right, who art in heaven, all that stuff. May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It doesn't say here, may your will be done in heaven as, it, as I want it to be on earth. It's, it's the other way around. May your will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. You first, God, what you want, make that happen here. We're inviting God to do here what he wants done. We're asking God to, to do what he already has planned. The direction is heaven to earth, not earth to heaven. This distinction is critical, and it's going to frame everything that we're about to go into here. Because just like confession, prayer is a gift. God has given us the gift of prayer. Prayer is not a burden, it's not a have to, it's a get to. We get to pray, we get to communicate with the God who knows all things. That's pretty cool. And there's two types of prayer I want to examine. If we can get these, I think it'll be a game changer. If you genuinely want to participate, to partner with God with something new that he's doing. Remember, God told us why, he invites us to participate. The question is, do you want to participate? Are you in or are you out? If you're out, just don't, just you can just seriously go on your phone and just, you don't have to listen to anything else. If you're listening online, you can just turn it off right now. You may have already done that, I don't know. But if you genuinely want to participate in something new that 
God is inviting us to. Please lean in and listen to this. The first type of prayer that we need to participate in is steadfast prayer. Steadfast prayer. I love that word, steadfast. It's the prayers you refuse to stop praying for as long as God puts it on your life. Some of us, listen, we, we give up on prayers way too quickly. Like a magic pill, right? I prayed it. It didn't happen right away. That's it. What do you want from me, God? I prayed. It's done. There it is. You can see it. It's in my, I wrote it in my journal. Or I, I, you know, I can tell you the date I prayed it. It took 37 seconds. And I prayed it that day. There it is. It's in the bank. Steadfast prayer. How long is too long to pray for your brother, for your sister, for your spouse, for your children? How long is too long to pray for our world? How long is too long to pray for people that are hurting? We say never underestimate the power of praying. Grandma, they will pray for years, decades. The impact of faithful and steadfast prayers over time is immeasurable. Praying for the same thing over and over can be weary. We know, oh man, I'm just, I've been praying for this forever. The greatest oak was once a little nut that held its ground. I've got acorns all over my backyard now. I hate it. Didn't even cut the tree down. Seriously, there's thousands of them. I try and shop back them up. There's so many of them. I fill the bag. There's just thousands of acorns. But one acorn in the ground over time made a long time. A long time. Biggest tree in the neighborhood. One of the biggest trees in the neighborhood. Those little prayers, just stay faithful, stay faithful, steadfast. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep. Do not underestimate the power of small, simple prayers over time. You want a fast answer? Weeds grow overnight. I went to, went to bed, you wake up next day, I don't know where that came from. That wasn't here yesterday. You know what you can do with the weed? You can, I was doing it today in the front yard. I was literally picking out weeds with my fingers. Not hard. I think I can move that oak tree. I think it's like on six feet, five, six feet across, like 50, 60 feet tall. I'm not moving that. All these storms we've had, nothing. A couple branches, but that tree's not moving anywhere. There's something to the power of steadfast prayer over time that's immovable. Alicia Britt Cole said this Every choice we make is an investment in a future we cannot see. I'd like to kind of Adopt it and tweak it a little bit and say it like this. Every prayer we pray is an investment in the future we cannot see. See, steadfast prayer has a vision. It's able to see the long term and say, listen, I believe that God has given this and I'm not going to stop praying. No matter what comes, I'm not giving up on this. I want to encourage you today, when God has told you what he wants to do and invites you to participate in his grand story, pray steadfast prayers. Now, the second type of prayer we participate with God in is dynamic prayer. It comes from the Greek word dunamis. Dynamite. Power. But it's more than that. Webster's dictionary defines dynamic as marked by usually continuous and productive activity or change. It's constantly changing. It's dynamic. Adapting. Constantly adapting to a situation 
in a way that continually displays power. So if something's dynamic, it can adapt and evolve no matter what the situation is, and it's powerful. It's powerful. It's the, the company that can adapt and, and seize the moment constantly. That's, that, this wasn't what you were doing yesterday, but man, it's right for today, and tomorrow they're going to do something different, and they're dynamic and changing, but it's constantly powerful. It's not just change for the sake of change, but it's the right change. Dynamic prayers keep changing. You may start one place and end somewhere totally different. We started out praying during this pandemic that God would protect us. God keep us safe. God ended quickly. Then we prayed that this thing would be over soon, right? Ended quickly. Then we prayed, bless you. Then we prayed that God would get us through it. Okay, okay, well, God, right? Keep me safe. God, get us through this. Then we prayed that, well, God, help me to make the most of it. God, help me, to, help me to make the most of this time. Then, then we began to pray prayers of thanks. God, thank you for what you've been doing in this. Then we prayed that God would use us strategically because of this. That's a long way from where we started. We started with, God, help me not to die. And now we're at, God, help me to, to do something because of what you've done. That's dynamic prayer. That grows, that changes. That's not sticking with the same prayer. We, we move and adapt. Listen, this land that we're in right now, the landscape, it's wild. It is wild. It's uncontrolled. And what I prayed for yesterday may not be what I pray for today. And that's okay. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't walk in straight lines. When, he led, when God led the children of Israel through the wilderness wandering, through, through right, they, they leave Egypt. And the Exodus, they're walking through the wilderness. You know what it says God led them? It says he led them in a straight line from point A to point B. They got there as fast as possible. Nope. I love this word. It says God led them in a roundabout way. <laughs> How many have that setting on your GPS? Hey, wait. Take me on a roundabout way? Like the scenic route, please. Just take as long as possible to get there. That's not Jersey. That's for sure. When God leads us, if he prompts you to adapt your prayer and perhaps pray something different today than you prayed yesterday, let me just tell you, do it. Don't be afraid to change what you're praying for. You might feel that's a lack of faith. Well, God told me to pray for this, and now i got to go here, but am I giving up on this? No, if God's telling you to move on, be free to move on and pray something different. You might feel maybe I'm letting others down. You know, I put it out there. No, just, hey, listen, I don't want to tell you. God told me to pray about this yesterday. Now God's telling me to pray about this. He can do what he wants. He's dynamic. He moves. It's not weakness. It's not a lack of faith. It's actually maturity. We're following a dynamic God, right? He's power plus active. So God is not today where he was yesterday, and he will not be there tomorrow. I love the book by Mark Batterson called Wild Goose Chase. He says this, the Celtic Christians had a name for the Holy Spirit, Anged Gloss. I don't know if I said that right. Anged Gloss. He says, or the wild goose. That's the name they had for the Holy Spirit. He says it, it hints at mystery. Much like a wild, wild goose, the Spirit of God cannot be tracked or tamed. An element of danger and air of unpredictability surrounds him. And while the name may sound a little sacrilegious, calling the Holy Spirit a wild goose, he says, I cannot think of a better description of what it's like to follow the Spirit through life. Most of us will have no idea where we're going most of the time, 
And I know that's unsettling. But circumstantial uncertainty also goes by another name, adventure. If you're no longer the person you were, your prayers should reflect that. I'm not where we were. The Holy Spirit is not where he was. This world is not where it was. I should not be praying today the same things I prayed back then. There are certain aspects of our prayers that need to be dynamic and constantly changing. This year has changed us, and our prayers should reflect that. When we follow God in the wilderness, our prayers need to be both steadfast and dynamic. We can pray both. There are certain prayers you need to stay locked in on for the duration. And there are other prayers you need to be free to say, I've got to evolve with this and change and let God move me. God, I was praying for a job. Now, God, I'm praying for significance. God, I was praying for, for this to happen. Now, I'm just praying for you to do something in me. That's an evolution over time where God works in us. We're not asking God to participate in what we're doing. He is inviting us to participate in what he's doing. So, if you're willing to participate, the question's for you, two questions. What steadfast prayers do you need to keep praying? What new dynamic prayers do you need to start praying? What is God prompting you to pray today that you have never prayed before? Can you imagine the will of heaven happening on earth? Can you imagine on earth happening in your home? Imagine, as it is in heaven happening in your workplace, as it is in heaven happening in our our state, in, in, in our county, Jesus tells us to pray and ask God to do in our homes what the will of heaven is. I want to close with this, and if you'd like to play, you can feel free to play. It's a poem by Madeline Langle. Anybody know Madeline Langle? Wrinkle in Time. Anybody heard that book? The author of that book. I read this. I got it. This is to tell you how much quarantine can do to a person. I bought a book of poems. I do not consider myself a poet by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm not even sure I understand poetry. But I've been reading this book and most of them make no sense, but there was a couple that have really stood out. And this one is called Acts 3, Scene 2. And I cannot get away from it. It goes like this. Someone has altered the script. My lines have changed. The other actors are shifting roles. They don't come on when they're expected to. And they don't say the lines I've written. And I'm being upstaged. I thought I was writing this play. With a rather nice role for myself. Small, but juicy. And some excellent lines. But nobody gives me cues. And the scenery has been replaced. I don't recognize the new sets. This isn't the script I was writing. I don't understand this plot at all. Close with this. To grow up is to find the small part you were playing. 
in this extraordinary drama written by somebody else. God tells us what he's doing. He is inviting us to participate in his extraordinary sacred story of eternity. On earth, as it is in heaven, let's participate. The world doesn't need us just to sit back and let God do everything while we just sit on our hands. Our prayers God is inviting us and compelling us. And tonight he's calling you right where you are saying, listen, you can pray. You can pray. And prayer is not passive. When you pray, eternity changes. There are some people you need to be steadfast in your prayers for. God, I pray right now you would just begin to put names and faces in front of us of who we need to be steadfast in our prayers for. They may not be people that we want to keep praying for, but God, they're people that you won't let us stop praying for. Burden our hearts for people that you love. And I'm going to pray tonight that there are people that you need to pray dynamic prayers for. You need to start praying something new. Perhaps it's for yourself. What you've been praying, God says, okay, enough of that. It's time for you to start praying something new here. Heavenly Father, you've told us that this year you want to do something new. That the amazing things you've done in our past, that was great, that was wonderful, but we're to forget all that, to put it out of mind. Not just to go back and say, what has God done for me in the past, but to say, God, you want to do something new, something you've not done before in us and through us and in this world. And it's going to require that we follow you into wild and barren places, difficult places. We've been walking through it this entire year. But we need to just keep trusting you, keep walking and keep following. And along the way, you invite us to participate. Would you not find us wasting our days, letting you do all the work? We believe you've revealed this to us so that we do our part. You've given us tremendous responsibility and purpose and significance. From the youngest in this room who's able to think and understand you, we can pray. To the oldest who have seen it all and done it all, we can pray. Move upon us. Lord, I pray that life change, that connect church, that Rios de Agua Viva, Lord, that every church that follows Jesus Christ rise up and become praying churches. Churches that pray steadfast prayers no matter what comes. And churches that are tuned into your Holy Spirit's pray dynamic prayers. Prayers for the moments. Let us be those kind of people. You are. 
invite the team to come back. And I close with a song. It's a faith-filled, declarative song. It talks about how there will be breakthroughs. How many of you feel like you could go for some breakthrough? Like, listen, this has been a struggle. Question. Let's, as we sing it, let it be a prayer. A prayer of a break. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, or if you'd like to connect with us online, just visit wearelifetree.com.